0: Welcome to the Teaching Science in 3D podcast. My name is Nicole Van Tassel. And I'm Erin Sadler. And we are two science teachers dedicated to helping you cut through the confusion and meet the intent of the NGSS so you can master all three dimensions. The NGSS can seem totally overwhelming, but implementing these standards doesn't need to be. Hey guys, welcome back for season four of the Teaching Science in 3D podcast. I am super excited to be here with you and to, I don't know, just teach a 3D stuff, right? (laughs) Um, My name is Nicole Van Tassel and I'm here with... I'm Erin Sadler from (laughs) Sadler Science. And yeah, so we are here to chat about... Today we're actually going to be talking about what might be holding you back from embracing 3D teaching and learning. So maybe you, maybe this is not something that you need to hear, but maybe it is. Maybe you've moved, taken steps forward toward 3D learning, but with all of the crazy COVID changes, you've kind of slipped back into some more familiar patterns. So wherever you are, we just thought this would be kind of an interesting conversation to kind of think about, like, why aren't teachers using 3D practices, and then maybe some things to think about if you are, are are struggling to motivate yourself to to give it a try. Yeah, it's hard to be motivated right now. I mean, I get it. It's true. That is true. That is true. Yeah, uh, before we started recording, Erin and I were just talking about how it's really dark, so we don't ever want to get out of bed in the morning. <laughs> and then the days are super short, so you just want to crawl into bed earlier, right? So.
1: Yeah, not a protective, productive time of year.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, everybody's hibernating a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. So, um, so even, even so though. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think is holding people back from NGSSing their class? Um, so I think one of the things is not really knowing like what it really is, like not truly knowing what it really is. Um, because that kind of ends up being either I don't want to do it because I have this misunderstanding of it or I think I'm already doing it because I'm having this misunderstanding of it or I think I'm already doing it because I'm using something that tells me that it's 3D, but maybe it's not.
1: Yeah, I, um, I think that that second part is kind of more where a lot of people are. I find um, that a lot of people I talk to really think that they're meeting the intent of the NJSS by mm-hmm. doing things like... Um, I don't know, like research projects and stuff like that, because it's more student-led, but Mm -hmm. they aren't really like getting all of those subtleties with the NGSS. Um, And then you also talked about like using resources that say that they're NGSS, but they're not. And that is so rampant. Like we just did um, a curriculum adoption and it was crazy, (laughs) like how misaligned some of the resources were, but, um, we actually talked about NGSS washing in, um, season one, episode four, where you talked a lot about like how, you know, that it's not NGSS stuff. Yes,
0: Yeah. And there's still, I feel like the, um, I feel like things have gotten better because I do think a lot of stuff was labeled NGSS, you know, when these first, when these standards and labeled 3d when these ideas were kind of first gaining traction and it wasn't always a purposeful mislabeling. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think some of it was maybe a careless mislabeling. Like I don't want to say, well, they are totally fine that they did it. Like you should be careful. Um, we would, you know, not expect a uh, farmer to label his stuff organic if it's not really organic, right? Um, But, but I think it's gotten better. And there are a lot more good quality resources out there. But there are still just a lot that don't, don't really embrace the full like 3d, like they might align the top like a topic, or they might align, like they can say, well, they're making a jello cell, so it's a modeling, or they're doing a science lab, so it's planning and carrying out investigations. But if you really, you know, if we dive into what you're supposed to be doing with models and what you're supposed to be doing with investigations, it's not really a line and it's not embracing, especially that like exploration and figuring it out element. Or maybe there's no phenomena, or I mean there's any number of reasons, but a lot of the things still, there's still a lot out there that's not aligned that says it is. And it's really confusing teachers. I just had a teacher the other day tell me, now that I know what it is, I'm so annoyed that the stuff that I have is labeled NGSS and it's very clearly not. And I just wanted to be like, sister, I'm right where they <laughs> like, I've been saying that for years, Like, <laughs> right? but, um, but yeah, it, that, well, that one's a tough one.
1: Yeah. That one is a tough one. I think it's so important that anytime that you're purchasing resources or anything like that, like you really need to spend time with those resources and make sure that they actually align to like the evidence statements, for example, like, yeah, you know, I keep pushing people back and, you know, like look at the evidence statement. Is it really covering those things or is it, um, Like, one of the things that I'm seeing a lot now is people are still not getting rid of, you know, some of their content pieces. So they're teaching all of the things, you know, really briefly and not with a lot of student understanding. And so, you know, I kind of keep directing everybody back to those evidence statements and like, "Mm, that's not in there. We don't need to do that.
0: Right, right. Um, And I mean, obviously, if you you, like your students have an interest in or they like really if they want to go deeper, I don't want to say like you don't do it. But like, I think it's just important to question, do yeah. you really need to do this? And if you're just rushing through everything in order to check it off, that's like the attitude that you got to let go of, right? Yeah, like exactly. the, the evidence statements outline, like these are the core important things. And if you have time for more, Hey, sure. Or if you have that interest or that drive for like to go deeper, sure. But, but if you're just trying to rush through a basic and not really getting in depth into anything, and really when you're rushing through the content, you end up um, kind of throwing out the window, those science and engineering practices and cross-cutting concepts exactly. um, and phenomena and figuring it out and all the other stuff. So you kind of, you know, run into that, yeah. you know, and one other thing I think with this one, and I know that, you know, there's a lot of teachers out there that this kind of idea bothers them like that it is, the, it's the job of their district to be providing this professional development and teaching them these things. And I won't argue like, yeah, sure. That is the job of your district but if your district isn't doing it, and I think that most districts are not, I mean, obviously there are some that are, like, I don't want to, I don't mean to bash all districts or anything, but I think there's a lot of, you know, districts and school systems have a lot of, of things going on as everybody does. And maybe training their teachers in the NGSS, their science teachers is not top of priority right now. And even if teachers don't really like hearing it, like, I don't know, like, it, it it can be your role to educate yourself and improve your your own pedagogy. And, you know, I wish, yeah, I wish your district would, would do it for you. I wish they'd pay you for it. I wish they would um, give you all the time to do it and give you the days off school to do it. But if that's not the reality and you are driven to, you know, embrace these ways, like, then it means you do have to go out and, and make the effort to do that, which... I know some people are probably like, you don't even know what you're talking about right now.
1: (laughs) I like, I don't know. I just keep telling people like you gain that time back. Like you will absolutely gain that time back. And you're like, I, my stress level is, should be through the roof right now. And I am totally okay because, you know, I feel like I've worked at those pieces. So
0: yes, that's so true. It does. It makes it easier. Like, yeah. absolutely. I mean, I think of how I taught before and then how I taught after it was so much, e- like, sure, there were some things that the planning maybe took a little bit longer here and there. Part of that was my problem with being a perfectionist and having to, like, recreate the wheel every single time because I wanted it to be exactly my way. And you can let go of that right now. <laughs> Don't do that. But um, a lot of things, you know, you can tweak and, and save yourself some time. But um but it was so much easier on the day to day. It did not feel like a battle in my classroom. It was just relaxed and just being with students and talking with them and and it was nice. So that's so true. Like you do put in that effort, but it does pay off.
1: It totally pays off, which I think brings us to our second, um, our second reason that teachers are being held back from using the NGSS. And I think that a big one is losing control. Sorry, that was so inarticulate. <laughs> So, but I mean, I think t- teachers are really afraid of losing control in, in their classroom because either they are worried about trying something new and they're worried about it. Like it's just going to go awry or they're worried about giving up that like center stage, you know, like where they're, they're, you know, yeah. directing the class all the time. So, yes.
0: Yeah. I mean, it really is scary. Like taking that step and putting it on your students, because you're like, well, what if they don't get it? Well, what if they ask this question? Well, what if they just stare at me? What if they complain? Like you don't, it's all of these unknowns. And and there's a lot of fear in that. And I can totally understand and relate to that. Um, I mean, but what you have the potential to get back, like you kind of have to focus on that, I think you have to Yes, it is scary and fearful and honestly, trying something new always is because you don't know how it's going to go, but it is okay to fail. It's okay for it to not go perfectly the first time. It's probably not going to go perfectly the first time, (laughs) like in all, in all reality, Um, And I think that's kind of where we also need to bring in some of those like growth mindset lessons. We're always talking about (laughs) to our students about like, it's okay to fail. Just give it a try. You know, we say those to this, to our students all the time. And yet when it comes to our own lives, we're like, nope, can't fail. Need to do, need to make sure I'm 100% secure. Like, but the reality is you, what you have to gain is, is worth the risk of maybe a couple botched lessons.
1: For sure. And also I think that with ngss your students are so much more likely to fail at one point you know like they're Mm -hmm. so much more likely to misstep or misunderstand or um or you know like they design an an investigation and it doesn't go as planned or you know something like that um and i think that modeling that like hey we tried this it didn't go very well is a great way to create a, a classroom culture where you just you know like it's part of what happens
0: it's okay that is so true yeah I mean, that's way better than like us just saying, hey, have a growth mindset. It's okay to fail. Like when you are willing to actually do it and you do it in front of them, like, yeah, that is, that's so true. Um, One of the other things I think that maybe if you're really stuck in like, well, what if I fail or what if it doesn't go well? Or like maybe stop thinking about it in terms of like yourself, (laughs) like not, not that we all mean to be, you know, self-focused or centered or anything like that, but just, not even thinking about like how it's going to impact you, but just think about like what potential impact you could be having on your students right now. And every day that passes that you're not taking that risk and not giving it a try. What are you basically not giving to your students? What opportunities are you not giving to your students because of that? And maybe that would make it a little bit easier to kind of stomach the, well, it might not go great for me, but maybe it will connect with even one of my students. Maybe it will connect with a handful of my students and maybe, you know, and, and you can kind of just keep that your focus and maybe that could give you the courage kind of to try it. I totally
1: agree. I, I think that that brings us to our, like our third reason that, teachers are afraid of the NTSS and that is that now is not the right time. Like we are too overwhelmed. We just can't take on anything else. So we should not be changing anything up. We should be doing things the same way that we have always done them because it's
0: too much right now. So what do you think? So it's, it's funny because even though I wholeheartedly believe that like now is 100% the right time and I'm going to tell you why, but I also I also sometimes struggle with like communicating that because I, because part of me is also like, but I know these teachers are overwhelmed, mm-hmm. but I know that they're struggling, but I know that they're frustrated. And and so part of me is like, you know, saying this like little evil voice in my shoulder or whatever saying like, Nope, you shouldn't tell them that. Like you shouldn't push them to try it. Like you should like, you shouldn't, you know, but then, but then the reality is now is the right time for one, because, hello, you have a perfect scapegoat. Like if you if your students learn nothing this year, I'm pretty sure like a year or two from now, you could be like, oh, that was 2020. <laughs> oh, obviously they didn't learn anything. Like just blame it on COVID. Um, so you have a perfect scapegoat if things go horribly wrong, but I don't really think they're gonna go horribly wrong. But I think you can always use that as your safety net if you need to. Um, but I think also that the changes and the everything that's going on, like, this is what our students need. They need that, that, that reason to show up on, in their Zoom classes, or that reason to do their, their asynchronous work on their, like, not you know, hybrid off days or whatever. They need that engagement. They need that spark of learning to carry them through this year. Um, we don't want to just, to, to have it be fact-based and boring because it's it's through videos and through texts and they're not showing up to class. And then to not only have lost this year, but lost like a spark for learning or a drive or a love of science, you know, because they can't at least, you know, whatever, have the hands-on kind of connections and all that. And I think when we are when you're embracing 3 3D- teaching approaches, you're bringing in like that relevant phenomena and and that curiosity and, and all of these things that this is what our kids need this year. They don't need a bunch of facts that they can just Google. They spend enough time on the computer right now as it is. They need that connection and that relevance and to see why what they're learning matters and to see that they matter in the classroom by having that ownership and that agency and that drive and all of that, you know. Um, so I think now, without a doubt, is the right time. And I also think it's good for, it's the right time for teachers too. But I'm going to let you talk about that because you are like in the thick of it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, just, I mean, I think that that the thing that is bringing my students to class every day is that, that like, I don't know, I think they get like a little addicted to like figuring stuff out and like having yeah. that little spark.
0: And no, uh, it literally releases hormones in your brain. It releases those like Oreo cookie hormones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the um, ones that make you want to eat more Oreo cookies. <laughs> yeah. And,
1: um, and they, I don't, it just, I can't imagine doing it any other way because they, I, I would say it took about a month with, you know, my new students for them to understand because they were, you know, doing their default, like trying to Google all of the answers and they're like, but, it you know, why isn't this right? I Googled it and, you know, all of this stuff. And then when it was like a shift in about, you know, like mid-September where they were like, oh, and then they're like wait, I figured this out. Oh no, I get this. And you know, like it just, it's, it, it, it saves you so much, you know, of that like, okay guys, we have to do your work and you know, all of that stuff that.
0: And that's the exhausting stuff. Like that's the stuff that drains you. Yeah. Like it's, I mean, it sucks having to do your less, like planning your lessons and stuff like that. I mean, I don't know. I like lesson planning, but I know some people don't like lesson planning, but like, yeah, all that sucks to have that time. But the draining part is just like doing all of that and then not having your students care or not be interested or not show up or like hate being there.
1: Yeah. And then on my end, it just, I, like I said, I should be drowning right now. I should be totally overwhelmed and I'm not, I, you know, like I, you know, because I'm following a storyline, everything kind of it like dominoes, you know, like once you yeah. figure out that, main piece, then you're just, you know, like carrying it out. You're not yeah. doing, I don't know, my day-to-day lesson planning is like non-existent anymore. It's yeah.
0: so nice. So um, nice. Yeah. I, and yeah, cause also, you know, okay. So a couple of thoughts on that. Like you do have a curriculum you're working with. I do. And a- I want to say, if you don't have a curriculum, there are enough, at least at the middle school level and at in not every high school, discipline, I, I will admit that. Like there's biology storylines. Um, there is a couple different units for various topics in high school, physical science and and earth science. But um, at the middle school level, there's enough curriculum, like free curriculum out there, Stanford scale curriculum, open sci next gen storylines. I think, is that what it's called? That has like some of the middle school, they don't have a full curriculum, but they have yeah. some middle school units. Like there's enough out there that Maybe it doesn't completely tie to everything that you have to, you know, according to your district or whatever, have to teach, or maybe what you had hoped to do or something. But like, if you're like, I have no curriculum and I don't want to design it and I don't have time to design it, at least you could use something like that as a a framework or a starting point, you know? So there are those resources out there. So I want everybody to know that. Stanford scale, open side, next gen storylines, these are all free resources um, that are, you know, 3d, um, make them your own. Don't feel like you have to follow like word for word. Like open is great. They script out everything if you want it to be scripted, but if you don't want it to be scripted, don't follow it word for word. Like the sequence is meant to be followed, but you don't have to read like this question and then that question, and then say this in response, like make it your own. Um, there are resources but even if you don't have resources um, and as you're learning to create storylines, a lot of the work is shifted to your students. So in the past, you might have, I have this lab, I need to write out all the instructions. In an NGSS 3D classroom, let's write it out together, guys. Like, let's spend a class time and um, figure out how we're going to answer this question with these supplies. The work is shifted to them, right? So it's a little bit less on you.
1: Definitely. And there's also, like... I, I think a lot of what I'm doing right now is teaching those science and engineering practices. And it's, you know, I've done this a couple of times now and, you know, I feel pretty confident in teaching the science and engineering practices. So, you know, that's taking up, you know, some of the day-to-day time. And even with the curriculum that we have, it's imperfect. <laughs> you know, that it needs a lot of work, um, but it's, you know, just having this idea of a storyline and just like the idea of what we're doing makes the day-to-day so much
0: easier yes yeah absolutely um i do want to quick like plug if you are wondering how to build a storyline i am hosting a workshop um at the end of the month on the i think it's the 30th um and you can register for that at iexplorescience.com or just reach out to me uh but it's just a two-hour workshop on building simple storylines that you can like you know complete in like a week or two weeks so short little time frames but to create that kind of storyline um flow in your classroom so if you're struggling to figure out how to put storylines together, I want to throw that out there. That sounds good. Um, Yeah. So do we have anything out? Like, I feel like that was the big one. It, I mean, it's really like now, like now is the time. I mean, why not? What are you going to wait for? Yeah. <laughs> that is changing anytime soon. So
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. But I think it just like, when you think about the cost versus the benefit, there's so many benefits and Mm -hmm. yeah, now is totally the time.
0: Yeah. It's mostly just like us holding ourselves back and, and it's, yeah. And it's costing you, it's costing your students, but it's also costing you because it's just way easier teaching this way. (laughs) Uh, Once you, once you get going with it. Well, that's all we have for you for our first episode of like official episode of 2021. And we are excited to start this season four with you. Um, Like as always, you can connect with us on our websites. I'm Nicole Van Tassel at iExploreScience.com. We have Aaron Sadler at SadlerScience.com. All of those are always in the show notes. Um, And you can also, we would love to hear from you. I feel like we... Like, we want to know your questions. We would like to answer some of your questions this season. Erin has a form. She's going to tell you about it right now because she manages all that stuff.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So if you go to teachingsciencein3d.com slash questions, you can submit a question. And we were getting a bunch of questions like over the summer. And I think now teachers are feeling really overwhelmed. So they like, don't hesitate to ask us questions because we love answering your questions. So if you can take a minute, hopefully
0: we can make your life a little bit easier. Yes. Please, please connect with us. Um, Awesome. Well, we will catch you next week. Um, Make sure you tune into the Thursday Thought. Those are little bite-sized pieces from Erin and I uh, about random stuff. I don't know. (laughs) Education-related things. Um, But they are just little bite-sized episodes. And otherwise, we will see you next week for our normal programming.
1: (laughs) See you later. Have a good one, guys. (laughs) Bye. Making sure that your lessons are three-dimensional isn't always easy. While you don't need to include all three dimensions every single day, you do want to make sure that each dimension is regularly addressed. I developed a really simple 3D planner to help keep me focused. It helps me track which pieces I'm using in my daily lesson plans. It only takes me five minutes to fill out, and it helps me notice patterns in my own lesson planning. For example, when I first started using it, I noticed I wasn't including the cross-cutting concepts as often as I thought I was. Just by recognizing this, I was able to focus on this one piece and improve my lessons. Right now, you can grab the same template that I use for my own planning for free. Go to sadlerscience.com slash 3D Planner to grab yours. That's sadlerscience.com slash 3D Planner.